It's 15 minutes now before 8 p.m. You tuned in to a Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, we now go into our wrap of the top business stories. And I'm joined on the line to uh, take a look at some of these stories by analyst at Emergence Investment Managers, Nolwantle Mtombele. Nolwantle, good evening to you and welcome. Hi, Bongo Unjani. Good, good, good. Let's start off here on a smoking note, uh, British American Tobacco. Uh, we know over the last few days or so, there was a lot of a reportage and a lot of noise around them uh, making demands and putting ultimatums to the government and then saying uh, they're going to uh, file before the courts on this particular matter. It seems uh, there's been an about turn here and they're no longer taking the government to court uh, and opting for uh, a process of dialogue, I assume. Yes, I mean, I'm sure they realized that they had to take a number in the queue because they're not the only one or the first to come out to say they're going to take the government to court. And I imagine the government already had their lawyers in place before the lockdown was even initiated so that they knew or been guided in terms of what they can and can and cannot do. So um, in terms of whether it was a good move by them, I mean, there's nothing wrong with taking a government to court. You know, I mean, that's how, you know, you get legal precedents and you know, it strengthens uh, the judicial system and the economy and everything. Um, but, you know, if there is a way to work with government, um, I think that's a better solution for them as opposed to being an antagonist um, in a time like this where government is not faced, is, you know, is trying to save lives more than anything and is allowing sort of, you know, the economy to, you know, take a, a second a backseat to, you know, ensuring that, you know, more lives are saved and this virus is overcome. Mm-hmm. And I mean, let's talk about this briefly. Um, it seems here that, uh, you know, there's, uh, just aside from British American tobacco, there's been uh, quite a groundswell of people who, uh, I guess, uh, was, were talking up the chances of this uh, a court bid potentially relaxing the ban on cigarettes. And uh, um, I guess maybe, you know, the balance of forces and uh, the expectation of winning or even losing this case might have also influenced the decision uh, from the government. Uh, we saw very strongly worded communication uh, from the government towards the end of last week and also on Monday in the president's letter. Uh, do you think some of those things might have uh, influenced uh, this change of heart? I think definitely. I mean, and also, you know, they again, they're not the first to go and try to take the court route. And um, and I think, you know, there's also a court hearing that was thrown out where um, a certain member of the Muslim community tried to get that banned, that ban lifted in terms of um, worshipping in, in religious places. So and that was thrown out as well. So I think, you know, I think it's an awful number of things um, that, you know, and I think also the reason why they went for the court action in the first place was probably also need to do with a lot of noise in the public that was around mm. the, the turnaround anyway. So I think they, you know, played into the whole hype that was done of social media and people and the mm. outrage of the public um, more more than actually, you know, the, the true merits of the actual case sure, and whether they'll sure. get away with it. And it's very easy to get caught up in the hype because we think that what's happening in social media is ultimately, you know, what's, what's reality. Mm. Meanwhile, it's not really the case. Mm. Eco Chamber that uh, for some people, uh, they make it seem like that's the entire, I guess, uh, universe of uh, a public opinion. Lolanda, yeah. I want us to pause here for a second. When we come back, we'll take a look at the PIC who've... Uh, I guess, gone long on uh, ShopRite. And uh, I guess I wonder what uh, they are seeing that um, 
many other people might not have seen, but uh, maybe that's not the question. Maybe the question is, what are some of the prospects that they see uh, down the pike for this uh, Pan-African retailer? And we'll also take a look at uh, a Morgan Stanley-backed fund, which is set to invest in medium-sized uh, SMEs here in South Africa. We'll continue with that as we continue with our business wrap on the other side of this brief break. If you are not employed, a South African citizen and between the ages of 18 and 27, and you want to study but can't afford it, then listen up. You can start studying even during the lockdown. iCollege offers fully paid CETA accredited courses and upskilling programs. And uh, iCollege has also created an online enrollment system which allows you to start studying now already by using the zero rated app. You can therefore study, uh, uh, start your studies without using any data. Now, the app is available on any mobile network, but it's 100% data free if you use CellC. Enroll now at www.icollegeint.co.za. Terms and conditions apply. Eight minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned into Metro FM Talk, and it's our wrap up of the top business stories. And I'm joined on the line by Noluanje Mtombeni from Emergence Investment Managers uh, to take a look at some of our stories. And Noluanje, uh, certainly one that uh, was quite interesting in the early parts of the day today. Uh, was uh, that SEN's announcement and uh, titled The Disclosure of Acquisition of Securities by the Public Investment Corporation in ShopRite Limited. Uh, What happened here? So they increased their stake to 15% of the total shares issued of of ShopRite checkers. Mm. So they've been buying more stock in ShopRite um, over the last while. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, the PIC has, you know, there's two sides in terms of managing money. There's the one that they give to external managers, so all mm. the asset and managers. And then there's an internal manager. So they then actually go and do the work that some of us do already as well. Sure. And they pick which stocks. I mean, and, you know, PIC is the biggest shareholder of the GAC. You know that already. Mm. So I think, you know, can you come to expect them making these kind of moves where they're finding opportunity um, to go in and increase their stake? Obviously, sure. they're doing the numbers and seeing, you know, long-term benefits and valuation. And, you know, we should, you know, not be surprised if there's more of these um, mm. increased mistakes across the, across the market. Let's talk about the tactics here for a second, uh, Noluanji. I mean, a lot of people would say this is move has been done because of where we think the business cycle is. And more importantly, I guess, uh, trying to uh, bolster your position in a major player in sectors that many people would see as defensive. You know, these are the sectors uh, that notwithstanding where the business cycle is, uh, that uh, remain rather resilient and stable with predictable earnings and potentially uh, some uh, dividend flow uh, coming out. Uh, uh, would you share that position that, you know, this is the same company that's been able to operate uh, throughout the course of the lockdown, but also uh, has a massive uh, footprint across the continent and uh, certainly uh, irrespective of where we are in the business cycle, all of us still need to be buying food? Yes, I mean, it's exactly probably the, exactly what they were thinking in terms of analyzing this and, you know, everything you may you we bring up point is quite valid and is probably the case. Um, we've seen the food retailers um, have been, you know, somewhat, somewhat beneficiaries in this during this economic, you know, shutdown because they can still operate. So, you know, what happens is there was a, you know, complete market sell-off. Um, but, you know, within that sell-off, there are obviously companies that will obviously perform better through the cycle. So, you know, I think even from a valuation perspective, you'll find that ShopRite, relative to where earnings will go over the next year, um, you know, they are, you know, probably, you know, doing you know, quite weak compared to the fundamentals. Mm. So that presents an opportunity just to go in there. And obviously, you know, I think the PIC doesn't look short term. So they're not looking for the next six, 12 months. 
their thinking for a much longer period. And with the sell-off that we've experienced in the last um, 18 months, for example, I think, you know, it is as good as any entry point as it is now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, just on that, and, and maybe I guess we can touch on this towards the end because uh, we also know that... Uh, uh, the uh, Minister of Public Enterprises, Pravin Gordon, uh, they might still be on that call. They, they had a call that started just uh, just before half past six this evening, uh, before the uh, a committee, a portfolio committee in Parliament on public enterprises. And we can maybe touch on uh, some of the things that were raised there. But before we go there, uh, it seems now that uh, Capital Works, uh, Capital Works Investment Partners, uh, through uh, uh, Morgan's, JP Morgan Stanley uh, backed fund, is going to be investing in medium-sized enterprises uh, here in South Africa uh, and uh, planning to invest around 5 billion rand or so. And uh, let's maybe touch on, I guess, what kind of company would benefit from this and uh, what we mean by medium-sized enterprise. So, I mean, they're looking at companies uh, with the... um, I think a value of between 450 million to 4 billion. Mm. So that's the kind of, you know, the small round, the small, small to mid cap space that they're looking at. And within the sectors, um, I know it's healthcare, financial services, and I can't remember the third one. So, you know, those are kind of business that they're looking at, um, where, you know, they've been hit hard, but I think they still see the sector, um, for example, financial services. Financial services, um, I mean, structurally it's going to be okay. Everyone requires financial services, and the long-term outlook for that sector is, is still okay, mm. even for likes of healthcare, and I've got the other sector. Um, so those kinds of things that they specifically choosing um, are ones that, you know, there is still some, you know, structural tailwinds to go to long-term. And it's a good opportunity. It's a perfect timing. Mm. I think if you have cash sitting in there um, to be able to deploy at something and get things cheaper than you would have, you know, I think, you know, that's that's how you invest, really. It's all about at what price you enter. And, you know, this is a perfect time. And, you know, they're bringing in cash to come and maybe help or even rescue some of these businesses that, you know, should be, you know, they're still good quality companies. And that's, that's very key in terms of what they want for. Mm. Um, they still want good quality companies. And there are many good quality companies which are just on their knees now, sure, not because sure. of anything, but just the fact that they're not getting any revenue and therefore, you know, they're, they're really need some help. Yeah, it looks so, like a very opportunistic move here. And, uh, you hmm. know, that uh, asset values are going to be depressed at this point in time. And you probably want to come in at uh, the low end of the price uh, spectrum in order to, I guess, uh, benefit from whatever upswing might emerge. Yes, and that's, you know, the kind of modus operandi of op- private equity. Um, you know, they, you know, do want to enter, you know, low and, you know, come up and exit at a high multiple. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the correct way or the you know, popular way of investing where, you know, valuations are low and, you know, are also re-rating and exit. Same strategy that, you know, PIC is actually doing, you know, possibly with, with the shop price, share price where it's been now. So I think, you know, it's just another form of investing. Um, also now distressed time and, you know, opportunistic definitely. But in the day, they are still going to be helping putting mm. in cash into businesses that do need it. Yeah, yeah. Norman, the last one uh, on my end, uh, and maybe we can have uh, you know a few seconds to chat about uh, uh, that uh, uh, you know joint committee there looking at uh, issues in the public enterprise space. But uh, uh, a Bloomberg survey here of um, people in the asset management community and uh, spanning uh, both uh, emerging market economies and um, uh, uh, across the length and breadth of the continent of Africa uh, and uh, uh, elsewhere in the developed world. Uh, showing that, uh, you know, there might be a massive sell-off, much like what we saw a month ago uh, happening around September, and that might coincide with the peak of uh, COVID-19 for us. 
but also I think uh, uh, really showing some of what people are expecting when it comes to monetary policy, inflation and uh, even I guess uh, uh, the growth of the local economy. What do you make of the outcome of the survey uh, which uh, certainly I guess draws from uh, the who's who in the world of uh, uh, fund management and uh, I guess uh, capital markets as well? Well, you know, I find this quite interesting because, you know, you know, these surveys are very good at providing good perspectives of what people think, but they're not very good at quantifying just exactly what they mean by sell-off. Mm. So, and that's the key thing is that, honestly, we know there will be another sell-off that's going to happen within the course of this year because there's so much uncertainty in the market. There's so much volatility. And as long as there's trade wars, they're still going to come back. As long as the... Oil, oil, oil is still in its conundrum and there's, you know, back and forth in supply and demand. As long as resources are rallying, which doesn't make sense, as long as there's no cure for COVID, there's definitely going to be another sell-off down the line. Mm. Um, so it's, it is expected. So, you know, I don't want to make it seem as if what they are, you know, bringing to light is something, some revelation which is unknown. Um, we can expect that definitely for the next 18 months there will be volatility and with that comes another sell-off. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the, the the interesting that they highlighted in that particular survey is that it's now the spotlight is on LATAM region. So, you know, obviously we you know we haven't been focusing much in terms of LATAM regions, but they, they said that, you know, they're still going to have a very worse outcome from the coronavirus mm. and they expect their currencies and, and their, their bonds to underperform. So I think, you know, we usually, the South African RAN and the currency has been the worst performer of the EM basket. So I think if the spotlight is now being moving to Latin, it could be good for Africa and we might just see some of that EM flow. Mm. Although we're still looking bad, but if there's someone worse than us, that's definitely a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Misery loves company. Uh, yes. Always the case. And uh, we'll have to leave it there. I would have loved for us to uh, touch on uh, that uh, update uh, that was given by the Minister of Public Enterprises, Pravin Gordon, uh, to uh, the C- Committee on Public Enterprises in Parliament. But we'll have to leave it there. Noluanje, always a pleasure catching up with you. And thank you very much for your time. Okay.